0: Behaviors are engaged based on how we feel, not logic and not ideas. And when we understand that, it kind of flushes the traditional approach to health down the toilet and or maybe it gives you the aha to say like, oh, now I understand why it doesn't work because all of our behaviors are based on a feeling. This is the Made for Living Well podcast hosted by Alexa Sherm, the place to create a life well lived. Welcome back to the podcast. As always, my name's Alexa. We're wrapping up springtime and heading into summer. And this summer long, we have a new podcast series on healing the mind-body connection and using both to healthify the whole of who you are. We're going to dig into deep stuff, understanding topics in a new way, and really learn to heal from the inside out. I'm really excited for this podcast series because this is so much of what I learned in therapy and over the course of years of my own healing journey that really set the stage to make health simple. If you've been fighting health for any period of time or your mindset, this podcast series is going to help you out so much. It's eight podcasts dedicated to walking through the healing journey with you. So stay tuned for that. But before we get there, I do have a few more podcasts that are going to wrap up this kind of spring season, and today, we're going to talk about how to do hard things, and I have the question, does your body need a push for summer, and five things that determine if you'll be successful or not. I'm excited to dive into this topic, we're going to talk about a lot of things, things that have really created a new perspective in my own life, and I think they're going to help you out a ton. Now, if you wanna learn more about this and sign up for the Nurse Challenge, which I talk about inside this podcast, head on over to thelivingwell.com and sign up there. Also, coming soon is a brand new email series called The Weekly Fill. We're gonna dive more in depth into the podcast. I'm gonna give you handouts and kind of walk you through the process of healing and and also give you more articles and meal plans that are going to help you live well and eat well all summer long. So if you're interested in that, sign up for the weekly fill over at thelivingwell.com. But for today, I want to dig right into today's show. As I ask the question, Like, do you feel like you need a push? Does your body feel like it's time to do something different? I don't know if it's kind of coming off of May and getting ready for summer. But whenever summer approaches, I feel like this is the time I really want to feel well. This is the time I feel like I can do something different. It's a time when I really feel like pushing my body. And I wondered if you felt the same way. Now, honestly, when I first planned for this podcast, I thought I was going to answer the question, is 75 hard good for me? Because I have been getting that question periodically. And if you don't know what 75 hard is, it's essentially the idea that you do a series of different tasks like a specific diet, uh, two workouts a day, or an hour and a half of working out a day, drinking so much water, uh, reading, and I'm not sure exactly off the top of my head what the last one is, but every day for 75 days, you do this hard challenge where you just push yourself through this and you live disciplined And at the end, people do experience pretty dramatic results. Now, I think this can be really good. And in fact, I think a good challenge is necessary for all of us. The problem that I have with something like this is, one, it tends to be really strict and we tend to rely on willpower more than we have the ability to. We're gonna talk about that in a second. But it leaves me questioning, like while there's a lot of people who are probably very successful with it, There's also a lot of people who've engaged with this challenge and never succeeded, and in the end, maybe felt guilty or like a failure, maybe even shameful about the fact that, of course, this is just another thing that I couldn't get myself to finish. And I think that there's probably more people who fall into that category than the first. Now, if if you've done it and it works for you, by all means, that's great. I think as long as something's working for you, you don't need to change it. But if you continuously engage in activities and diets and workout programs that you've never stuck with, maybe it's time to get a new understanding of what does this look like for me and how can I work with my body and my mind and my desires to create something that is actually going to work Because that's what we really need. But it is going to take changing the narrative. It's going to take changing your perspective and really shifting your view from what you're doing to how your body's responding. It's taking your view from external things and putting more of an emphasis on your internal well being. The diet world has just really missed this aspect, right? It's become a battle of what you do and tracking and micromanaging and calculations and counting without any understanding of, but how is your body responding to that? How is your mindset responding to that? And if it's not responding in a positive way, long-term, you will never stick with it. And that's just the way your biology was designed. It's the power of cycles and loops and patterns that we tend to live out of. Now, the good news is these can change, and this is really what we're going to dive into all summer long, but I wanted to set the stage to get you excited and to help you understand that there is so much you can do right now that's going to help you create success all summer long in everything that you do, not just in the summer, all year long, really, And I really want to dive into that today. And honestly, it has nothing to do with your diet or your exercise program, but most of this is just self-awareness. It's this internal perspective shift that we have to undergo. Now, I do want to say that your body is capable of doing hard things. And I've had a number of podcasts on about this, about the stress load of the body and how your body was designed for stress. It knows how to handle stress. It can thrive in stress. Stress is not bad. Can it turn bad? Absolutely. Like anything, too much of a good thing can become a bad thing. Even overhydrating can turn really bad, right? But I want to be clear. It's not the stress that's bad. It's the prolonged and frequent bouts of stress without balancing and nourishing on the backside of that to support your body through the stress. But if you're craving something hard, that's just a good indicator that your body really does want to engage with work. And it should, especially as we know the seasonality of summer, you tend to have a really high energetic flow inside your body. I mean, heat produces energy, so we tend to have a little bit more energy. And people really do crave harder things. And if we look in nature, generally speaking, we have more tasks at hand in the summer months during the longer days that we need to accomplish. And I think that shows again, that our bodies are capable of doing these hard things. So I am all for shifting gears and really encouraging you to try something different this summer to push your body a little bit harder, but only and always within balance. Now, with that being said, we have to have the right view of balance. Because we live in this extremist lifestyle that leads us to believe that if we're going to find success, we just have to push and push and push and push and work and work and work and work But the reality is it's this push and pull. It's working and pushing your body, but pulling back and resting and nourishing on the backside. It's having a sense of self-discipline while also allowing yourself some indulgences. Some people call these cheat days, but I think that just sets you up for failure just by calling it a cheat day, making you feel like all the other days you're not quote unquote cheating are not positive days, right? Like it's more of a restriction mindset. Could call this the 80-20 rule, but to keep it practical I think it's just living in that self awareness. It's not a perfect balance. It's not a set equation that you're going to follow each week. It's just really paying attention and understanding what does your body need. It might need push, but there might become a time and day when you randomly just want to take your kids out for ice cream, indulge, enjoy that. That's a part of life, and it's really going to help you maintain the pushing on the other side and stick with it. And that's just the way our behavior was designed. It is all based on a feeling. Now that's really what we're going to talk about today, the emotional component of behavior change, which is massive. But if we go back to understanding hard 75 for a minute, is that something that you should engage with? Perhaps. But more than that, I think it has to come from a balance, from a place of desire, from really wanting it and changing your perspective about what you're doing. On the flip side, nourishing your body. Because one of the best ways to nourish your body is to engage with hard things, is to do the activities that are hard for your body. It takes work to grow. It takes stretching to become stronger. Like we have to engage with hard things. So this summer I am or where, whenever you're listening to this podcast, I am encouraging you to think about, does my body want to be pushed? Do I feel like engaging in something difficult? You might also want to enjoy the summer. So you're like, man, pushing my body and enjoyment do not seem to go together. But I would beg to differ. They have to go together if you want this to work. So I'm not asking you to give up your summer, to invest your entire life into something, to sell your soul to the devil to get healthy. None of that works. It might be the traditional way of health, but we have to do something different because the traditional way is not working. So something different is recognizing, okay, does your body want to be pushed a little bit? Do you wanna try something different? Let's do it. But let's do it in the right mindset And set yourself up for success. As I mentioned in the intro, I have a nurse challenge that I would encourage you to join me in the process of going through. It's a little challenge that's going to push you while also creating flexibility and boundaries and really indulgences in your summer because. There's nothing worse than having to avoid the barbecue with your friends. Like there's something so much more healing about enjoying the barbecue and indulging with your friends than the restrictive mindset of just staying isolated. I could toot my horn about that all day long, that we have a very bad perspective of what health is when we dumb it down to just what you eat and how you move. Those are important, but what's more important is how your body responds. And how your body's going to respond is based on the level of threat or safety, abundance or restriction, excitement or deprivation. Like we have to understand the mindset in which we engage with behavior is going to completely change what your body does with it. And the most critical aspect of health is how your body responds to what you do. If it doesn't respond well, you're never going to see the changes no matter how much you try to beat your body into submission played this game, destroyed my health. And that's why I keep coming on the podcast to tell you there's a different way. So today I want to help you understand behavior modification in the form of how it influences how you feel. And then I'm going to give you those five tips to determine whether you're going to be successful or not. And I think this is a good podcast leading into summer. And of course, I'm going to give you a whole motivation speech on why you should join the NURSE Challenge. But first, let's start with understanding behavior modification based on how you feel. So here's the thing about behaviors. They're not always logical or based on an idea. Like, yes, we can in temporary situations based on willpower, get ourselves to, oh, quote unquote, deny our feelings to engage with a behavior that is based on logic. But the majority of our decisions, the majority of our behaviors are based in our subconscious. They're not in our conscious brain, but our subconscious mind where the majority of life happens. And these behaviors are being dictated by our feelings. And you can see this, right? A lot of people struggle to do the things that they know they should simply because they tend to live based on how they feel rather than how they want to feel. And this is our default pattern. We will continuously act and engage in behaviors based on how we feel to fix the temporary feeling, to give us a momentary feeling of pleasure because that's what behaviors are behaviors are engaged based on how we feel, not logic and not ideas. And when we understand that, it kind of flushes the traditional approach to health down the toilet. And, or maybe it gives you the aha to say, like, oh, now I understand why it doesn't work because all of our behaviors are based on a feeling. And you might be feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm doomed because my feelings, yes, have run my show and they have single-handedly been the reason that I am in the place that I am. It's why people emotionally eat even though they know better or they're trying to actively make change. It's why we hit snooze on our alarm clock in the morning because how we currently feel creates the action that we do. Now, this can change, and that's why I'm telling you this, because once you understand it's feelings that drive us and drive our action, then you can learn how to have some sort of what's called emotional IQ to change your feelings or to learn how to act based on how you want to feel, not how you currently feel, or how to find the feeling based on a reward or a sense of pleasure inside the action that you do want to engage with. But if we don't understand the feeling aspect of it, we're really always going to find ourselves circling back in the same place that we always have, where we're living out of our current feelings rather than the long-term feeling or place that you want to get to. Because what our biology does is we tend to avoid behaviors that feel bad and we engage with things that feel good in an even more extreme or unhealthy pattern, this is where we see addictions. I wouldn't say that anyone goes into an activity expecting to get addicted or asking to be addicted. Just like I don't believe any one person walk themselves into a pattern of unhealth on purpose. No one purposely gains weight. It's just what happens when we don't understand the basic foundations of how behavior occurs and why we do the things that we do. And once you understand why you do the things that you do, like why you engage in activities that make you feel a certain way, then you can work with your body to create the necessary change that you want to. You end the body war and you actually start to see some change. So again, we have to go back and we have to understand over and over and over, we act based on how we feel or how we want to feel. We act to get a feeling. No matter what it is, it's always based on a feeling or an emotion. Certainly, we can influence our behaviors, but it's our feelings that determine what we do. When we talk about influencing behaviors, this is the understanding of like willpower. If I had more willpower, then I would be better off. If I had more willpower, then I could be more self-disciplined, and then I could succeed. But willpower is not the answer that we're looking for. In fact, willpower is a really weak way to try to engage with behaviors that maybe we don't even know that we want or behaviors that are a little bit more painful. Because here's the reality, getting healthy is hard. Doing the right, quote unquote, right thing is not always easy. A lot of times the easiest thing is the unhealthy convenience option or the old patterns that you've always lived out of. Those default patterns that you have are going to be are going to be what you fall back into unless you learn how to create the change. So the reality about willpower is willpower is like a muscle. It's not very strong, and it takes energy in order for you to engage with it. If you don't have energy, you don't have willpower. Ironically, energy comes from doing work. It comes from engaging in healthy activities. So willpower is more of a byproduct of getting healthy. It's not the the fuel that's going to get you there. And in willpower in an unhealthy way, in the way that we try to use it, is essentially this idea that you have to deny yourself, at least temporarily, your desires and feelings to do what is right. And I think this idea of willpower or the way that we are going about health, we've attached this moral conduct to it. And when you attach a moral conduct, you open the door for guilt and shame. And shame does no one any favors. And neither does rejecting your desires and your emotion. Those two powers inside the human body are natural. They were designed They were God-given, and they are going to be your tool to create the necessary change. We have to stop looking at desire as evil and your feelings as wrong. We have to start to embrace these things if we really want to change. Now, of course, not all desire or all feelings are positive or going to generate healthy outcomes. Of course, we know that, right? But if we deny them over and over and over, what's going to happen is we're going to be more likely to engage with unhealthy behaviors. We're gonna get more extremists. We're gonna fall into addictions. We're gonna start shaming ourselves or shoving these emotions down because we don't feel like we can feel them. But the thing about the human body and the human mind is that you'll continuously and repetitively have thoughts and feelings until you address them. It's like a child who wants your attention, over and over and over, no matter how much you try to shove it down with a bag of chips or engage with another activity to mask the feeling that you're having, as long as those are there without being addressed, you will continually act out of them. That's just the way the patterns inside your brain work. That's why it's so important to understand the emotional level and what you're feeling. Because if you can't understand what you're feeling, you'll never be able to change the outcome that you want to achieve. Because your life will continuously be dictated by a feeling that you want to suppress or by a feeling that you're working to avoid. You can't avoid it any longer. So we have to start addressing how do you want to feel. Now, like most things, emotions are internal behavior mechanisms that can be manipulated So that means that just because you feel something does not mean you have to act out of it. I'm not saying your feelings are necessarily healthy, but they can be altered. But the only way to alter them is to have some self-awareness of them. Again, it's the understanding, the self-awareness of what it is that you are feeling. This is what's really important. Now, unfortunately, this is really hard for people because we have lived in generations and generational trauma that have told us not to feel. They've told us to just suppress that, to ignore that. Don't speak your feelings. Now, of course, things are changing and we're very apt to talk about our feelings almost in a way that accepts them too deeply and we can easily fall into the victim mindset. So this is what I need you to know about feelings. Feelings are valid. They should be felt and understood. But just because you feel something does not mean you should accept that as your reality. Just like the thoughts that you have, just because you think something does not make it true or helpful, and if it's not true or helpful, it does not need to be accepted as your reality. Because as soon as we start to accept these things as our truth, we will act out of them. The key is recognizing and understanding how you feel, allowing yourself to feel it, but then choosing how you'll respond outside of it. And that can only happen with awareness. As long as we live unaware of how we're feeling or we try to suppress those feelings or we over-engage with them, we're just allowing them to continuously run our show. And that means when you wanna do the hard thing, When the hard thing comes to be something that you actually have to engage with, you'll probably convince yourself not to do it. You'll probably snooze your alarm in the morning because you're tired and you don't wanna get up. You won't put on your running shoes because it's hard to go out for a walk when you could be watching Netflix. You'll eat the cookie because you feel like you deserve the cookie or you feel like I've already messed up so I might as well eat the cookie. Do you see the pattern? Like You'll continuously engage in how you feel currently Rather than getting to choose how you want to feel or rather than making the choice to understand that if I engage with this activity, I'm actually going to feel better on the other side. We have to engage with our feelings and really remind ourselves over and over that there is a pleasure response on the other side of the action that we're going to take because our body wants to engage with things that feel good. So you can't rely on willpower for this. It will not work because essentially willpower is a sense of self-denial. And if you do it, that makes you a good person. If you don't, that makes you a bad person. And, And then we start to feel bad for things that make us feel good. And we start to engage with this idea that if you're not suffering, you're not living. And really it becomes a form of shame and guilt and it's good for nothing, There's no motivation in that, and you'll eventually stop. What is motivating is the pleasure response. What is motivating is desire. What is motivating is a good feeling. And I know all of those things can be taken to an extreme in very harmful and damaging ways. And I addressed this on the Pleasure podcast, which was one of the most popular ever at Made for Living Well, And I'll make sure and link that up in the show notes. But the thing about pleasure is pleasure is not bad. It can be bad, again, like all things. But pleasure in itself is a necessary biological response to continuously engage in activities that are helpful for your body, that are helpful for survival. That's why things like reproduction, food, finding shelter, um, community, Those are all really pleasurable experiences and can be taken out of context to be unhealthy things, but those were created to be pleasurable because those are acts that we must continuously engage with in order to maintain our survival. That's not bad. That's helpful. And that's why I'm never going to say that food should not be pleasurable or stop eating the things that you love. Because it's so far outside how the human body was designed and what's going to actually get you healthy that it's going to push you in the opposite direction. It's going to leave you restricting and depriving and in the end, binging and overindulging. It has to come from a place of balance and really a place of pleasure. So in order to fully change, in order to push yourself, what you have to understand is that yes, you can do hard things, In some cases, you can quote-unquote restrict or set boundaries around behavior, like I'm going to eat this diet, but it's not a means of scarcity. It has to come from a place of abundance. It has to have a pleasure attached to it. To give you an example of this, if you want to work out and you don't like working out or you want to do the harder workout and you know it's going to be hard. Right, like You know hard is going to be hard and our body is avoidant of hard things most of the time. It loves to engage there, but it's also avoiding of hard things when we don't have enough pleasure in our life. And so you're probably going to have a lot of excitement when you first start to talk about the workout and making the plan. But when push comes to shove and your alarm goes off at 5.15 in the morning and you have to get up, when everyone else is still asleep and crawl out of your warm bed and put on your shoes and engage in the hard workout, I mean, there's going to be resistance. There's going to be a lot of hurdles that you have to cross in order to get yourself out there. And that's why you have to see beyond the hard things and the hurdles to experience and understand the pleasure that you're going to gain from it. So it's not just about pushing yourself there, but it's really about recognizing, but when I work out, I feel so good all day long. When I finish that, I feel so strong and confident. Like I can experience the benefit of that. If you can't find anything positive in it, you will never stick with it. We do not do things that we hate, at least not long term temporarily, we can deny those feelings, but long-term, we will always engage with the things that bring us joy and pleasure. So what I'm trying to say is, if you're going to do hard things, you have to understand and see the pleasure that's within it. You have to see the pleasure of eating the healthy food. You have to, to see and recognize the good feelings that are going to be produced when you reduce the inflammation on your body, when you When you start to fix your marriage, when you um, work on that relationship that's been hurtful, when you engage with soul care, when your soul's been lacking, it's not always easy, but you have to see the benefit in it. And once you see and you start to taste the, the, the positive experience, the pleasure from within that, that's where desire is born. Desire is born out of an engagement with pleasure that leaves you wanting more. And that's why we need pleasure and desire in our life because that is the source of willpower that's going to keep us coming back again and again and again. It's not technically willpower, but it's our desire for more. We just have to channel that in a way that's healthy, not unhealthy. And that means the healthy patterns that you're trying to achieve have to be something that also gives you a sense of pleasure and enjoyment. So when you're talking about things like hard 75 or the Nourish Challenge, what I want you to focus on is yes, pushing your body, but recognizing what benefit are you going to gain from this? It can't be weight loss or an outcome, right? This is where we go back to health is not a destination. It's an action that produces the feeling. And that has to be experienced every single time you engage with behavior. Otherwise, you will never stick with it. So when you start to think about this and ask yourself, like, what things do I want to do? And if I engage with those activities, how am I going to feel? Focus only on the feeling and engaging with behaviors to create that feeling. Like, this isn't a a matter of, I'm going to set these long-term goals and I'm going to engage with workouts for 90 days. No, 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 no you have to go back to, but what feeling is that producing? What feeling is that creating? And then allow yourself to feel it. So when your alarm goes off and you don't want to wake up and you don't want to engage with a workout, you can remind yourself, I know I don't want to do this. You acknowledge the feeling, but I know if I do, I'm going to feel energized, I'm going to feel vibrant, I'm going to feel stronger and more confident all day long. And if you can remind yourself, I understand what you're feeling, but this is how you're going to feel if you engage with it. You'll be way more likely to wake up and do it rather than just focusing on all the reasons why you shouldn't. If you stay there, you'll live there. So you have to see beyond your current feeling into how you could feel. And then when you feel it, you've got to celebrate it. You've got to really let yourself feel the pleasure of those moments. And you might miss it, right? Because it's not always easy when you're sweaty and your muscles are aching. But really pay attention of like, did that give me that feel good feeling? If it didn't, it's probably not the right activity for you and you're not gonna do it anyways. So it's best to figure something else out. It really has to be about that feeling because all behavior is based on feelings. So here's the thing. In order to engage with behavior and make it last, You have to have a greater emotional benefit from doing that behavior than not doing it at all. So it's really a perspective. So when we talk about change, it has to be from a place of how do you feel? Acknowledge that. But how do you want to feel? Acknowledge that. And then engage in a behavior to make you feel that way and bask in the feeling. Let yourself feel it. To get started, this is a little difficult with big changes. That's why it's best to start with the small things. Start with something little that doesn't have a lot of resistance. Because the more that you do something, the little things, the more energy and motivation you're going to produce and desire to do more and more things. So you got to start really, really small so you don't engage in your threat mechanisms. So start with little things. Like even if you go a few podcasts back where I had my husband on the show when we talked about happiness. And engaging with glimmers in life or recognizing the glimmers of life, which are those micro pleasures that you experience in daily tasks. This is very similar to that. It's recognizing the positive feelings, and then you'll create the desire for more. We have to have pleasure in our life. It is a necessity of human life. Pleasure is health and it is healing. If we don't engage with pleasure, we will find pleasure. And when we have to go finding pleasure, we often find it in unhealthy patterns. So this is where the art of micro or natural pleasures comes into be, but you have to pay attention and you have to engage with it. So I'm here to tell you, Suffering is not the answer. It's pleasure. You've got to engage with pleasure and make pleasure a part of your daily life, pleasure a part of creating change, pleasure a part of doing hard things and finding the joy in those things because that's what's gonna drive you to continue. The reality is getting healthy is hard. It induces pain inside your body. And if you can't see the good in the pain, if you can't see the purpose in the pain, you'll always act out of the pain instead of moving through it. Pain never goes away. Like we're never going to escape pain. That's why we have to attach meaning to pain. And when you have meaning in pain, you're more likely to work through it. And in the process of that, you're gonna be stronger, healthier, and happier, and more likely to just be really good at creating change. And that should be the goal for us, is to get really good at creating change. So you have to work based on how you want to feel, which means you have to acknowledge how you currently feel. It's all based on self-awareness and talking yourself through these processes. And also knowing it's not a 90-day wait that you have to wait to achieve. It's focusing on the here now. What is going to create the feelings that I'm looking for? Now, when it comes to success, it really boils down to creating the feelings of pleasure and healthy ways that grow your desire that keep you going. Now, with that being said, there are five big ideas when it comes to whether you're going to be successful or not. And I want to bring these up just really briefly to help you understand that these are big players in success. One is discipline. Now, I could talk a lot about this. In the summer, we're gonna actually talk more about discipline because I think we have a really bad view of what discipline is. Discipline has come from a place of hurt. It's come from a place of pain. It's come from a place of restriction and deprivation, but that's really not what discipline is. That's a really unhealthy view of discipline. Discipline technically is a gift. It's a gift to yourself that, sets boundaries around what is good for you and what isn't good for you. It's kind of your, like your own rule book for life. That's not like hard and fast, but these are things that are given to you to help keep you on the right track because I know this path is what's best for you. And if you get off the track, it's not to say that you need to be guilty or feel shameful about it. If you lack the discipline. But it's to say like, that's the time when you're not going to feel your best. That's the time when those negative feelings are probably going to arise. So discipline is essentially a gift that helps you stay on the right path. It allows you to understand and create this sense of self-awareness so that you can live more devoted to those positive feelings, to living your best life and to engaging with the things that fill you up. So I want you to change your view of discipline and recognize it's not a means of scarcity, but it's a gift of filling. It's helping you to engage with the healthiest things that are going to lead you in the direction that you really want to go. Of course, there's unhealthy discipline, and we want to try to get away from that. Unhealthy discipline is a lack of any kind of awareness about yourself. It's, it's, Again, restriction, deprivation, and pain-inducing, and that's not healthy discipline. That's very unhealthy. Instead, engage with positive discipline, which means set some boundaries. If you know when you wake up and you start to scroll your social media feed, you don't feel good and then you miss your workout, I mean, set the boundary and be disciplined. And I'm not going to get on my phone until a certain time of day. I'm not going to get on social media until 3 p.m., right? Like, or maybe until after I engage in my workout or while I'm eating a good breakfast. Set some boundaries because that's a gift for yourself. If we don't have discipline in a healthy way, we probably won't be successful. Number two is you have to have a sense of confidence, which means you really have to embody you. And you might be like, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I get that but I don't really like me. And this is where a lot of people start to disassociate with themselves. They get stuck in comparison traps and looking at everyone else around them, judging their life based on how someone else is living their life or the success rate of what they got out of that program or that thing. And it really just leads you to be like, there's obviously something wrong with me. And you kind of um, leave or escape your body and look in search of something else. But we're never heal when we're always trying to live based on someone else or based on what the world says, the only way to heal is to kind of come home to yourself and to live out of the fullness of you. You might not like where you are, but the only way to move forward out of it is to accept where you are and to learn and grow and to become better through that. Confidence is not an arrival, it's truly a way of life where it's seeing you and recognizing that you have Power and purpose and the ability to show up into the world and to offer it something that it needs, to offer the world something that no one else can, and that you have a place here. And in the process of that, it's not going to be perfect, but you can use that to grow and to learn and to develop and to become something more. So confidence is really important. Number three is consistency. Remember, there's going to be a lot of hurdles. Hurdles tend to stop people. They tend to prevent us from doing the things that we know we should. And when you don't have the energy, the hurdles become a bigger deal. Like you have to have the energy to overcome the resistance that you're going to face. And every change brings a level of resistance. So remind yourself that in the consistency, the consistency is creating the energy and the energy is helping you overcome the resistance. And the consistency is really creating and driving home the new patterns that are producing the new feelings. So you have to stop acting based on how you currently feel, but this means you have to stop acting based on how you currently feel and keep reminding yourself, but if I do this activity, this is how I'm going to feel and letting yourself feel it. So consistency is critical. Number four, is mindset, which we kind of talked about in the beginning and we're gonna talk about more. We have in numerous podcasts, but the mindset makes all the difference. Instead of coming from a place of scarcity, from deprivation, starvation, restriction, we have to see this as a means of abundance, of growth, of having what you need. It's just living it out. And I think this is where hard 75 really goes wrong is it maybe feels a little Restricted or deprived. It doesn't let you engage with the normal fluctuations and indulgences that humans are going to be faced with. And it's not very flexible. It's pretty rigid. Now, when we go back to discipline, I think discipline sets the boundaries. It becomes like the guardrail. But within that, you should have a lot of flexibility to be human, to ebb and flow with the changes of life, and to just have some fun. And so, I want you to understand that your mindset is going to be critical, to have the abundance sort of mindset, to see everything as a means of growth and to kind of throw failure out the window. It's having the growth mindset versus the fixed mindset, recognizing there's no perfection to any of this, but it's just choosing to do the right next thing. So having the right mindset, more of that abundance of opening up, of having what you need, of engaging in positive things Maybe for you, in a practical way, that means stop restricting yourself and just start thinking about adding in positive things. The more positive things you fill your life with, the more likely you are to squeeze out naturally the negative things in your life. Because again, our body and our minds want to engage with the good things, the pleasurable things, and not engage with the unpleasurable things. But that means you have to shift what your mind fixates on. And the last one is you have to put yourself out there. Like you have to just do something. And I say that because we can get so fearful of doing the right thing and following the perfect plan and having the right equation. And I get asked all the time, tell me just how many calories do I need to eat? Here's the thing, no one can tell you that, nor should they. (laughs) It's not the job of the body to live based on a specific calculation. That's not the point. The point is you just try something. And you pay attention. Does it make you feel good? Does it fill you with energy? Or does it leave you feeling tired and sluggish and overwhelmed and chaotic and all the things that we wanna try to avoid? But we have to know that if we don't try something different, we're never going to change. We'll just keep living in the same cycles of the past. It might not work. It might not be for you, but that's okay. The only way to know is if you try. So this summer, that's what I'm challenging you to do. Try something. Engage in something different. Do something hard and challenging to yourself. Get out there and do it. And that's why I created the Nurse Challenge. Now, the Nurse Challenge is kind of similar to 75 hard, only it's Really focusing on adding positive things, adding the nourishing things to your life and engaging with the hard behaviors that you know are going to make you feel good. Now, I'm kind of setting the stage for you, but I'm also leaving it up to you on what that looks like. And I'm asking for you to do this consistently for 30 days, just paying attention to how you feel and engaging with the behaviors that you set. So some positive things that you might wanna engage with might be your soul, right? So maybe you're gonna set a daily 10-minute prayer time or a daily 10-minute devotional time. Maybe it's your mindset. And so you're gonna focus on finding glimmers and being intentional about the glimmers in your everyday life. You can write that out. Maybe it's something with your body or maybe it's all three of them. That's my goal for you is to say like, okay, do something for your mind, your soul, and your body every single day. Here's an idea and write those out and then engage with them. Be disciplined, be confident, be consistent, have the right mindset and try it. There's no harm in trying things. It might not be for you, but you can change and grow and evolve from that until you learn what your body and your mind and your soul do need for growth. So if you want more about the The 30-Day Nourish Challenge, head on over to thelivingwell.com where I am releasing that. My goal is to start in June 1st and go all the way through the month of June. If you're on my email list, we're gonna be talking more about that. If you're listening to this later, after June, that's totally fine. You can engage with it whenever you want. We're gonna pull it back out throughout the year and expand on it, growing this into a longer challenge. But for now, head on over to thelivingwell.com to grab that challenge And get on the email list because I'm gonna be sharing more about this and also giving you some perks and some uh, prizes for those people who really engage with it. I'm gonna try to ignite all the pleasure responses that I can to help you stay engaged in doing something different and doing something hard and healing and learning and growing and becoming a healthier version of you all summer long. So again, head on over to thelivingwell.com to find all of that. But with all that said, I remind you again, you've got to pay attention to how you feel. Your feelings might feel scary and erratic and crazy and all over the place. But the only way to change how you feel is to start to acknowledge it and work yourself through it. And this summer, we're going to be doing that all summer long as we start to engage with the feeling and the emotional component of the mind-body connection and how to heal that through food and shifting your hormones, but also through mindset and daily life changes. So stay tuned for that. That's coming out later in mid-June. I can't wait to get started with that. It's going to be a lot of fun. But for now, here's your challenge. Go and do something hard. And also write out what is it that you want to feel and start to engage with behaviors that make you feel that way. You're the best. I believe in you. And I will see you back here next week for one more podcast before we get into the summer series. Next week, my husband and I are talking about how to get healthy and what our experience with levels and continuous blood glucose monitoring showed us in our own life. It's really fascinating. So stay tuned for that. And I'll see you back here next week.